ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we were on the chapter now al-khushu' fi as-salah wa ma yajburu naqsaha having the khushu' in the prayer that focus that submission to Allah in the prayer how do you get this focus and submission to Allah in the prayer and how do you stop the whisperings of the shaitan Allah said in the Quran قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That indeed the believers are successful. Those who have the khushu' in their prayers. They are submissive in their prayers. They are in focus, in worship to Allah in their prayers. So khushu' what's the meaning of it when we say that you need to have khushu' in the prayer khushu' kama qala ahlu al-'ilm huwa sukun al-qalb wa tuma'ninatuhu bihayth yadhhar dhalika 'ala al-jawarih khushu' means that you have Peace and tranquility in your heart. You are focused. You are submissive to Allah. You are calm and focused on your prayer. So that when you have that calmness and focus in your heart about the prayer, that will mean all of your body is calm and focused. But when you see people all the time doing this and this and moving around, you know these people are not very focused in their prayer. All the time here and there and doing this and the button and here and this and that, moving around, fidgeting around, then you know those people are not focused in their prayer. Focus in the prayer, submission in the prayer. If your heart has the focus and the submission and the concentration, then all of your body will be calm in the prayer, focused in the prayer, not moving around and here and there and everywhere. أي أن يكون القلب ساكنا مطمئنا لا يفكر ولا يلتفت لشيء لا يتعلق بصلاته. So your heart should be focused purely on what you're doing in the prayer, and your heart should not be thinking about anything else, should not have any thoughts about other things outside of the prayer. Leave those thoughts alone, and when you're in the prayer, focus purely on the prayer. So when you focus purely on the prayer, and you haven't got all types of other things you're thinking about during the prayer, then your heart becomes calm. And that means your body will become calm in the prayer, submissive to Allah in the prayer. So, the shaykh says, أعتقد أن اعتقد أنك إذا قمت إلى الصلاة فإنما تقوم بين يدي الله عز وجل. You should believe and you should understand that whenever you stand to pray, you are praying in front of your Lord. You are praying in front of your Lord. Allah who knows everything, all of what is hidden within your hearts and knows all of your affairs and sees you and hears you. When you're praying, you're praying before Him. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا تُوَسْوِسُ بِهِ نَفْسُكَ And Allah knows what your soul whispers to you. وَحِينَئِذٍ حَافِظْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَكُونَ قَلْبُكَ مَشْغُولًا بِصَلَاتِكَ 
This is an important point now the Shaykh makes. When you pray, you are standing, you are doing the ruku', you are doing the sujood, you are doing the sitting, your body is praying. You are physically praying. But the Shaykh says, don't just physically pray, you also need to be praying inside as well. Don't just be praying outside. Outside you're doing everything. Jama'ah is happening, you're in the jama'ah, they do ruku'ah, you're doing the ruku'ah with them. They stand up, you stand up with them. They do sajda, you do sajda with them. You're doing everything with them. Your body is praying. But is your heart praying? Is your heart there in the mosque praying or is your heart somewhere else? That's why the Sheikh says when you pray, pray with your body, but also make sure inside your heart is praying too. Do not just pray with your body in the jama'ah, do everything what everybody's doing, but your heart is somewhere else. You're thinking about something else. You don't even know where you are, which jama'ah, which mosque. Just praying, 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 physically doing everything but your heart is thinking about something else, is somewhere else, is not in the prayer, then that is not correct. You need to pray with your heart and your body, two things. So you focus with your heart on what you're doing, and then you pray with your body as well. But many people do what? Many people just pray with their body, but their heart isn't praying, their heart is thinking about other things, where they're going to go after the prayer, and what they're going to do, and planning all of their things. So their heart is not there in the prayer. Their body is there doing it. But their heart is somewhere else. So the shaykh says, make sure that you pray with your heart and your body. إِذَا أَقْبَلْتَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَأَعْتَقِدْ أَنَّكَ مُقْبِلٌ إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلٌ So when you come to the prayer, then you need to understand you are approaching your Lord. You are approaching your Lord. وَإِذَا وَقَفْتَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فَأَعْتَقِدْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى قِبَلَ وَجْهِكَ And when you stand in the prayer, you need to understand and recognize that Allah is before you. Allah is in front of you. Allah sees you and watches you. Allah sees your prayer. وَهُوَ عَلَى عَرْشِهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ Of course we know that Allah is above the throne, separate from the creation. But still in the prayer we know it mentions when you pray Allah is before you. Allah sees you and Allah watches your prayer and sees how you pray and knows everything you do. So Allah is above the creation. We don't say Allah is everywhere. This is a very big mistake made by many people. Their aqidah is that Allah is everywhere. Allah is here. Allah is here and here and here and everywhere. We don't believe that. Allah told us in the Quran, Allah rose above the throne. The throne is the highest part of creation. All of the universe, the top thing is the throne of Allah. That is the roof, the ceiling of all of this creation. And Allah is above the throne. Separate from this creation. That is the belief of Ahl Sunnah. So you shouldn't confuse this to think that Allah is everywhere. But when you pray, then you know that Allah is before you and Allah sees you, so you do your worship properly. The Prophet also told us, Inna ahadakum idha qama fi salatihi fa innahu yunaji rabbah. When one of you stands to pray, then you are calling upon your Lord. You are speaking with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we've been told in the hadith about Surah Al-Fatiha. That when you read Surah Al-Fatiha, it is like a conversation between you and Allah. Hadith of Abu Huraira. Hadith of Abu Huraira, it mentions Allah Ta'ala that Allah says, Qasamtu salata bayni wa bayna abdi nisfain. 
I have split the prayer between myself and my servant. Two parts. فَإِذَا قَالَ الْعَبْدِ So when the servant says, أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah replies to you, حَمِدَنِي عَبْدِي My servant has praised me. And when you say, أَرْرَحْمَانِ الرَّحِيمِ Allah says, أَثْنَى عَلَيَّ عَبْدِي very similar, that my servant has praised me, has exalted me. And when you say, Maliki Yawmiddin, then Allah says, Majjadani Abdi, that my servant has again praised me, extolled me, has praised me. وَقَالَ مَرَّةً فَوَّضَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي فَإِذَا قَالَ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ and when you say, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ Then Allah says, هَذَا بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدِي وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَأَلْ This is between me and my servant, and my servant will have what he asks for. And when you say, إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَلْضَالِينَ Allah says, هَذَا لِعَبْدِي وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَأَلْ This is for my servant and my servant is, will have what he asks. So when you're praying, it is like this conversation. You are saying these things, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. And Allah replies, my servant has praised me. My servant has exalted me, my servant has extolled me, praised me. And later on, my servant, whatever he asks, that dua is for him. It is Allah replying to your Fatiha when you are reading it. And that is like a conversation almost. And that does not happen in any other worship. So that is something very particular here. Other worships, they have other rewards, but nothing like this is mentioned about any other worships when you say something and then Allah replies. And you say something else and Allah replies. So it is as though your Fatiha is being replied to by Allah as you read it. Even فَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَهْمِيَةِ الصَّلَاةِ This therefore indicates to us the importance of the prayer. وَلِذَلِكَ كَانَ الْإِنسَانُ قَائِمًا يُنَاجِي اللَّهِ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ سَاجِدًا أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ سبحان الله العظيم جمعت وجمعت بين المناجات حال القيام وبين القرب حال السجود So when you are standing up and praying, you are calling upon Allah. Making this dua, reading the Fatiha, calling upon Allah, and Allah replies to you. And when you are down in prostration, you are praising Allah, and the Prophet said, The closest you are to your Lord is when you are in prostration. Even somebody might be standing up higher than you, but you are closer to Allah than him, because you are down on the ground in prostration to your Lord. And that's why you say, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, that my Lord be free of any deficiencies, the Most High. Where are you? You are the most low, in prostration on the ground. And you say, my Lord is the most high. That is very suitable. You are the servant of Allah down on the ground, but you say, my Lord is the most high. So that is very suitable, the dua, when you make it in prostration. So the Shaykh says, when you're reading the Fatiha, you should remember this. You should remember that you are calling upon Allah, and Allah hears you and sees you and replies to you. If you remember that and you thought about that when you're reciting the Fatiha, you would do it different. But when people don't think about that, they don't think about they're calling upon Allah and Allah hears them and replies to them. Then they just say it and say it and they don't care. 
If you remember this, then you will be careful and you will say it properly and you will focus. And also when you're in prostration, if you remember that you are now the closest you can be to your Lord, then you'll do your prostrations properly too, not just up and down, up and down. You'll do them properly with focus, knowing that now you are the closest you can be to your Lord. Then the Sheikh says, The most important thing, or one of the most important things in the prayer, is to make sure that your heart is focused. That is one of the most important things in the prayer. Don't just pray like a robot, your body does all the things, but your heart isn't thinking about the prayer and what you're doing. The heart to be focused in the prayer is one of the most important things. To get the real fruits of the prayer and the real benefit of the prayer. So we've seen that the prayer is a great act of worship. And it has these great things with it. That Allah, it is as though you are conversing with Him. Because this is such a great act of worship, Shaitan makes extra effort to try to make the people make mistakes in it. Because it is a big act of worship. So if the shaitan can get you to make mistakes in this act of worship, he's doing good for himself. Getting you to make mistakes in the big acts of worship. So because the prayer is such a big act of worship, and on the day of judgment, the first thing you're going to be asked about from your actions is your prayer. So the shaitan tries extra effort to make you lose focus in this act of worship. Shaitan makes extra effort to try and make you lose focus here. The Sheikh says, وَلَمَّا كَانَتْ هَذِهِ الصَّلَاةِ أَعْظَمُ عَمَلٍ يَقُومُ بِهِ الْجِسَمِ Because this is the greatest physical worship that the body does, the prayer. سُلِّطَ الشَّيْطَانُ عَلَى بَنِي آدَمْ فِيهَا Shaitan is given the ability, he comes and tries to whisper to the people. حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ إِلَيْهِ فَيَحُولُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ صَلَاتِ So the shaitan may come to a person and completely block that person's mind from the prayer. You're praying and your mind is completely blocked, thinking about something else, not even thinking about the prayer, one bit in the prayer. Shaitan comes and blocks the mind of that person completely. So the shaykh says, the shaitan will come to you and say to you, Udhkur kada, udhkur kada, udhkur kada. He'll come and whisper to you, think about this, think about that. Come and bring thoughts to you. And you start thinking about those thoughts before you even realize the imam says, Allahu Akbar, and you're going into ruku'ah. The whole of the recitation, you don't even know which surah he recited. Maybe he recited, Qul Allahu Ahad, you know it. He says, Allahu Akbar, to go ruku'ah, you don't know what he recited. And it was, Qul Allahu Ahad. And you don't know he recited that one. Because your mind was completely blocked thinking about something else. So sometimes the shaitan comes and completely blocks your mind. Preoccupies you from the prayer. Now when you finish, this is the, the real thing. All these things you think about during your prayer. All of these thoughts that come to you, this and that and all different things. When you give the salam... Do those thoughts stay with you? Then they disappear. You're thinking, uh, uh, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to go here, I need to go there. You finish the prayer, that's it. Now you're just doing what you were doing, you're back to your business. All those thoughts are gone. In the prayer, that's 100%, that's where they are. As soon as you finish the prayer, those thoughts have gone. Now you're busy doing your things, those thoughts have gone again. So the shaykh says, look at that. These thoughts are not even that important. As soon as you give salam, you start carrying on with what you're doing, you forget about them. But in the prayer, full focus on these thoughts. لِأَنَّ الشَّيْطَانِ حَرِيصٌ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَحُولَ بَيْنَ الْإِنسَانِ وَصَلَاتِهِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ صَلَاتُهُ قَشْوَرًا قِشْوَرًا لَا فَائِدَةَ مِنْهَا So the shaitan wants to try and block you in your prayer, so your prayer becomes like pieces. What's the word used? Pieces when... Uh, like when you peels, ah, peels, peels of the orange. When you peel the orange, all those pieces, like your prayer just becomes nothing like that. Shaitan wants to try and make 
your, your prayer to become like those peels, those pieces that come off everywhere. لِأَنَّ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّمَا كَفَرَ بِتَرْكِ جِنْسِ الصَّلَاءِ Shaytan himself committed disbelief via something to do with the prayer. That was to do with prostration. When he was told to prostrate, he didn't prostrate. So now he's keen to try and make all of the people lose track on that same thing. <coughs> he refused to prostrate and he committed kufr. Now he wants the people to mess up all of their prostrations and their prayers. So the shaitan makes extra focus on the prayer to try and whisper to the people. It is mentioned, there's a story, not a hadith or anything, it's not a hadith, but there is a story. They mentioned this story that there used to be a man who came to Abu Hanifa once, and the man said to Abu Hanifa, Imam Abu Hanifa, the man came to him and said to him that, O oh, Imam Abu Hanifa, Shaykh, whenever I pray, or rather he said, Inni nasitu kada wa kada, that I forgot such and such, something which was important. لِأَمْرٍ كَانَ عَظِيمًا عِنْدَهُ وَيُفَوِّتُ عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٍ كَثِيرًا إِذَا نَسِيَ فَقَالَ لَهِ اذْهَبْ فَصَلِّ فَإِنَّكَ سَتَذْكُرُ فَذَهَبَ الرَّجُلُ فَلَمَّا شَرَعَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ تَذَكَّرَ الَّذِي كَانَ نَاسِيًا A man came to Abu Hanifa and he said, I've forgotten something, something that was very important, something that was uh, uh, of great importance and I needed to do it, and I've forgotten it. So Imam Abu Hanifa said to him, go and pray. When the man started praying, suddenly the thought came to him what it was. What's the purpose of this? هَذَا لَهُ The point of this narration or this story is that when you pray, the man had forgotten he needed to do something important and he forgot. Imam Abu Hanifa said to him, go pray. He started praying and suddenly he remembered what it was. Because now the shaitan came and started whispering all the thoughts. So now he's in the prayer and he's thinking and he's thinking about this, thinking about that and that thought comes to him. So the point of that story is that in the prayer, all of a sudden now all types of thoughts come to you. Shaitan comes with all types of thoughts to you in the prayer. And that's why in the hadith it mentions, it's in Bukhari. When you start praying, the shaitan comes and says to you, Udhkur kada, think about such and such. Udhkur kada, think about such and such. Lima lam yakun yadhkuruhu. Things that you would not normally think about and things that you had not given any importance to during the day at all. But suddenly in the prayer, shaitan starts bringing all these different things to you now. What about this and what about that and what about this and that and all different thoughts. He starts bringing them. Until these thoughts become so much, you forget how much you've prayed. You forget which raka'ah you're in. You forget, have you done your second prostration or was this your first prostration? You start thinking so much of these thoughts, the shaitan whispers so much, you forget what's going on. So what's the cure to all of this? Everybody's experienced it. Everybody knows that happens. When you pray, and then you start thinking about things, and your mind starts wandering away. What's the cure? How do you stop that so you can focus on the prayer purely when you're praying? There is a hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ دَاءً إِلَّا قَدْ أَنزَلَ لَهُ شِفَاءً Allah did not release or reveal or cause any disease except that He also revealed or sent down a cure. Allah did not send down any diseases except that He sent down for them cures. Whoever knows those cures knows them, whoever doesn't, doesn't. But every disease has a cure, except death. So all of the diseases have cures. Whisperings of the shaitan in the prayer is a type of disease. That's an illness, type of disease. Get all these whispers all the time in the prayer. So that means there must be some cure for it. There must be some cure for it. Every Illness or disease that occurs to you religiously, there must be some cure for it. Even in your body, any type of illness you get, there must be some cure for it. 
So what is the cure? The Prophet ﷺ taught us the cure for these whisperings in the prayer. إِذَا أَحْسَسْتَ بِهِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ If you start hearing whispers and your mind keeps getting unfocused, then what do you do? فَتْفُلْ عَنْ يَسَارِكَ ثَلَاثًا Spittle to your left three times. Spittle to your left three times. And say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Because there's a story, a hadith, a man came to the Prophet ﷺ, complaining that shaitan is always making him, giving him whispers in the prayer. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ saying that the shaitan is always giving him whispers in the prayer. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, ذَاكَ شَيْطَانٌ يُقَالُ لَهُ خَنْزَبٌ that is a shaitan who is called khanzab. A shaitan who is called khanzab. فَإِذَا أَحْسَسْتَهُ So if you feel him, you perceive him, he's whispering to you. فَتَعَوَّذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنْهُ Then seek refuge in Allah from him. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَاتْفِلْ عَلَى يَسَارِكَ ثَلَاثًا And spittle to your left. Not spit, spittle. The small... Do that three times to your left. The man says, فَفَعَلْتُ So I did that. فَأَذْهَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَنِّي Hadith Muslim. The man says, I went and I did that, and those whispers were taken away from me. The whispers no longer carried on in the prayer. When I did that, they would go. I would focus them. So this is the cure. This is the cure to that problem. But when will this be a cure? Somebody may say, I did it, but still it kept happening. I did it and it still kept happening. So why does it not work? What is the cure? Why is the cure not working? Because for this to work, it requires iman from you. That you know this is revelation. That if you do this, then Allah protects you. You need to have that iman in your heart. If you don't even know about that, you're just doing it and carrying on the whispers. You need to have that iman in your heart and you know this is the revelation from Allah. And you know this is the cure from the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the sunnah. You have that full belief you can do that and it gives you protection from the shaitan. Do it with that belief and it has its impact. When you don't have any belief and you just do it and you say, it's still happening because you didn't have any real iman in that didn't have iman properly that this is how it's done and this is the sunnah. So you have full iman in that and you know that this is revelation from the Prophet and it will cure you and cure those whispers and then you do it and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes those whispers go away from you. But if you don't have any iman in it, you just do it and you don't understand anything, then it carries on. So you need to understand what's going on and do that properly. But this means you're going to have to end up Doing what? When you're in prayer, you're facing the Qibla. You're going to have to turn away from the Qibla. You're going to have to move your face. Is that allowed in the prayer? Yeah. It's allowed. It's allowed? So normally, is it allowed to do that type of thing? Definitely not. You can't move away from the Qibla. And that breaks your prayer, in fact. If you move away from the Qibla. But... In this case, it is allowed because it is a necessity. And it is something which is obviously mentioned in the sunnah itself. It's not something you're just doing yourself. It's the sunnah that tells you to do it. So that is something which is an exception and it is mentioned in the sunnah itself. What about in the jama'ah? You're in the jama'ah and you get some whispers. So then you spittle to your left. What's going to happen? The uncle is going to beat you up afterwards outside. So what are you going to do? Now you got whispers in the prayer, but the uncle is next to you. What are you going to do? You can still do something. So you can forget the spittle, but you can still just say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Because in the jama'ah, you can't do it. It could, could cause problem. If you know people like now in this room, 
MashaAllah, everybody knows now. If you pray Isha here now and happen to somebody, you could do it. Because the person next to you knows what you are doing. They know why you're doing it and what you are doing. It's okay. But if you go and pray somewhere, somebody is next to you, don't know what's going on, they think you're spitting on them or something. So what's this guy doing? Then it will cause a, a problem. So in that case, don't do that. Just do A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. But of course, where people know now, everybody understands, you can do it because that person will know what's happened. He'll know why you're doing it. But somewhere where they don't know and it could problem, could cause a problem, he said, what are you doing? What was that? What's spitting and what's going on? Then don't do that. Just say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Also, lots of other things like we spoke about before. Like the prostration, we said you're supposed to spread your arms away, but in the jama'ah, you're not going to be able to do that. You've got to keep them tighter. So lots of things in the jama'ah, you have to make some concession. But normally, you do it by yourself, properly. In the jama'ah though, when the space is tight, you might not be able to do it all like that. So same with this one, you may not be able to do the spittle, but at least you can say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajim. Right, now then, we come to this issue about the prayer, uh, the uh, prostration of forgetfulness. Sujoodu sahu. That was up to there, a brief section about khushu' in the prayer. Now we come to the section about uh, prostration of forgetfulness. Prostration of forgetfulness. So then, Prostration of forgetfulness. Let's have a look at some of the examples. Imagine now then. Well, basically to start with as a principle, there are three reasons why the prayer, the prostration of forgetfulness is to be done. What are the three reasons why prostration of forgetfulness is supposed to be done? One, if you if you miss something, you left something by accident, you missed something in the prayer, one of the wajibat, you missed one of the wajibat. If you missed a pillar, you repeat. If you missed one of the wajibat, if you missed a sunnah, nothing. So if you missed one of the wajibat, prostration. That's one reason. Something else? If you add something by accident. You're praying dhuhr, after the fourth rak'ah, you forget, you get up and pray five. You added something. So at the end now, prostration. Or? Forget. What do you mean? So in the first one, you forgot something. In the second one, you added something. In the third one? Uh huh. Doubt. Shak. If you get doubt in the prayer. If you get doubt, you don't know what's going on, you forget, you're thinking, you're confused, you're confusion in the prayer. And at the end, you do the prostrations as well. We're going to come to those in detail here now. An example. A man has doubt in his duhr prayer. He's praying duhr. And he has doubt. He's standing and he's praying. And all of a sudden, he thinks to himself, Am I now in the second raka'ah? Or am I in the third raka'ah? He thinks to himself, where am I? Have I just done the tashahud or have I not done it yet? Was that the second one? Am I in the third one right now? Or am I in the second one? Now I'm going to do the tashahud. Forgets. Is he in the second raka'ah? Or is he right now in the third raka'ah? So then what does he do? He needs to... So firstly, now he's praying... And he's got this doubt which comes a little bit. He thinks, where am I, second or third? When he thinks about that, if he comes to a strong conclusion, he comes to a strong conclusion that actually, def- wait, I am definitely in the third one. He remembers he did the tashahud. <coughs> he remembers he did the tashahud. He remembers sitting down and he remembers doing the tashahud suddenly, so he thinks definitely must be the third. He's now almost definitely sure it's the third. So now he can consider it as his third. 
He's praying and then he thinks, wait, wait, I did, I did do the tashahud, everything, he remembers these things. So now it's the third, then. carry on as the third. But if he's praying and he thinks to himself, I can't remember doing the tashahud. I can't remember doing the tashahud yet. So then he gets a very strong opinion. He must only be in his second. So now he's in his second. Carry on from that. That is a situation where you get a bit confused. When you think about it, suddenly a strong opinion comes to you. You might be praying, you get a bit confused, you think, and then a strong opinion comes to you for some reason. Like you think, I definitely remember doing tashahud, definitely. So now that's very strong, you are in your third then. Or you think, I can't remember doing any tashahud, definitely. So now you know you are in your second. So if a strong opinion comes to you, then follow that. That's what you do. If you get a bit confused and you think, and a strong opinion comes to you, definitely this, that, then you do it. What if you get confused and you're thinking, you get confused and you're thinking, and you can't remember anything. You're thinking, did I do tashahud? Didn't I not do it? You can't remember, I did it, I didn't do it. Nothing. No strong opinion comes to you. Nothing. You can't remember a thing you don't know. Completely confused. Now what do you do? So then you take the lowest number. If you're completely confused and you just lost, then you take the lowest number. So now you're confused. Are you in your second one or are you in your third one? Completely confused, so you should take it only as your second one. And then you pray and at the end you do your prostrations. You do your prostrations for doubt. This was a doubt now. A big doubt happened. You forgot where you were. And you made it your second one. Maybe it was your third one actually. Maybe it was your third one. You don't know. But you were completely confused. So in that situation, you have to consider it as your lower number. It could be that you ended up praying five. Could be. But that's okay. That's the sunnah then. Completely confused. Make it the lower number. And then do your prostrations at the end to make up for the fact that you, that you got confused and you had the doubt. And to make up for the fact just in case it was five. If you did end up doing five, then you made up for it with the prostrations too. So that is in the case where you completely confused and you can't remember anything. So the point here is what? If you get confused and then you think and suddenly a strong opinion comes to you, then you should follow that opinion, the strong idea which comes to you. But if you get confused... And nothing is coming to you. Blank. So in that case, take the lowest number. So in the first one, where you get a strong idea, maybe the strong idea comes to you, you are in your third one, maybe. You think, definitely, I remember the tashahud. So then you're in your third one, that's it. You just pray one more after that. But if no idea comes to you, then you make it the minimum, which is two, and you pray like that. So, the question now is, you can do the prostration of forgetfulness when you have doubt like that, or when you miss something, or when you add something. When do you do the prostration though? When do you do the prostration of forgetfulness? Before the salam or after the salam? Both. Both? Before the salam, then do after the salam as well? So what are the circumstances then? So you're saying sometimes you should do the prostration of forgetfulness before the salam and sometimes it should be after the salam. So when should it be before the salam and when should it be after the salam? Mm-hmm. Okay, so some scholars they say this. Some scholars do say that. They say if you missed something in the prayer, you missed something by accident. So for example, you're praying dhuhr. You pray your second raka'ah, you do your sujood, and you stand up. You forgot your tashahud. Then in the third raka'ah, when you're praying, you remember. You think, I forgot the tashahud just now. So you can't go back now. You have to carry on. And at the end, you're going to do your prostrations before or after the salam. 
before you give the salam because you left something out. When you missed something, you do the prostration before the salam. What if you added something? So you're praying dhuhr. After the fourth raka'ah, you forget to sit down. You get up and you carry on, carry on. Then when you're in the ruku'ah of your fifth raka'ah, you remember, wait, this is the fifth one now. So now you're going to do your prostrations in the end after the salam because you added something on. That's what they say. That's one opinion of some scholars. If you missed something, do your prostrations before the salam. If you added something, do your prostrations after the salam. Sheikh mentions it here. Um, There's a hadith which explain it. One hadith is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu. He says that the messenger sallallahu said, إِذَا شَكَّ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ If any of you doubts in his prayer, فَلَمْ يَدْرِي كَمْ صَلَّى And you forget, he doesn't know how many he prayed. ثَلَاثًا أَمْ أَرْبَعًا Are you in your third raka'ah or in your fourth one? Have you prayed three or four? فَلْيَطْرَحِ الشَّكَّ وَلْيَبْنِي عَلَى مَسْتَيْقَنَا Get rid of the doubt and act upon the certainty. So if you get a strong idea, act upon that. If you don't, the certainty is always going to be in the minimum number. Have you prayed three or four? You are certain you've definitely prayed at least three, but you can't remember, you got doubt whether you might be in your fourth. So the certainty is at least three. So forget the doubt and pray upon the certainty. Then do the two prostrations before... The salam. So that is in the issue of doubt. Also in another hadith, وَإِذَا شَكَّ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ فَلِيَتَحَرَّ الصَّوَابَ فَلْيُتِمَّ عَلَيْهِ ثُمَّ لِيُسَلِّمْ ثُمَّ يَسْتُوا سَجْدَتَيْنِ If you have doubt, then try to work out the right opinion, the idea, and then do it upon that, upon the certainty, and then do the salam, and then do the prostrations afterwards. So some narration saying before, some narration saying afterwards. The Shaykh says it is all about whether you missed something or you added something or you had doubt. For example, if a person, let's do these examples and see if you can work out if it is missing something, if you added something, what to do. Imagine a person uh, gave the salam before the prayer finished. So for example, he's praying... Zuhr, uh, he's praying Zuhr, and after the second raka'ah, he's in his tashahud and he forgets, he thinks he's in his last tashahud and he gives the salam. After the second raka'ah, he gives the salam. He thought he was in his last raka'ah. If he did it on purpose, obviously your prayer is invalid. But the person who did it forgetfully, the person who did it forgetfully, then in that case, what do you have to do in that situation? So you get up and you do the takbir and pray two more that are left. And then at the end you do your the prostration of forgetfulness. When would you do the prostration of forgetfulness in that case? Before, why? So you're saying you forgot something. You forgot two raka'at, okay. So after the first tashahud, is there a taslim? So you added a taslim there. So some scholars say, the first thing you actually did was add something. Then you forgot the rest. You added the salam, and then you forgot the two raka'at afterwards. So the first thing you did was add something, they say. In that case, they say the first thing you did was add something. You added the salam. And then you forgot the two raka'at. So they say in that case, your prostration after. In that circumstance. What about... In fact, that one there's a proof. There's a hadith. The Prophet ﷺ, this happened to him. There's a hadith of Abu Huraira that the Prophet ﷺ was praying either dhuhr or asr. He was leading them in dhuhr or asr. One of the two. After two raka'at, the first tashahud, he gave salam. Either Dhuhr or Asr. There's a hadith. 
The Prophet ﷺ was praying with them, either dhuhr or asr, after the first tashahud, he gave salam. ثُمَّ تَقَدَّمَ And when he gave salam, he got up from the imam's position and went forward a little bit to the, 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 the shelf thing, the wood thing on the mosque, and he leaned against that. And he held his fingers, and he was not comfortable. Prophet ﷺ was not comfortable. He knew something wasn't right. He wasn't comfortable. Because obviously now he had given the salam after the second rak'ah, forgotten, forgotten, given the salam after the second rak'ah, he got up after the prayer and he, was, he wasn't comfortable. He knew something wasn't right. Something hadn't gone quite right somewhere. He knew, but he didn't, he didn't know what yet. He'd forgotten that it was the salam, he's given it after two rak'at. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't know yet, but he was not comfortable. He knew something wasn't right. So then, and that the scholars say is a blessing from Allah. That the Prophet ﷺ, he was given this feeling that something isn't right. He wasn't comfortable about it. Uh, and so then, afterwards, when the companions saw him, and they saw him not comfortable about something a bit, not calm about something. The companions knew what had happened. They knew that this was either Dhuhr or Asr, and that the Prophet ﷺ has given salam after two raka'at. The companions realized he's given salam after two raka'at. But all of them were too... They were afraid to say anything to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ. They were afraid to say to him, have you forgotten? Have you, what, what did you do? They were scared. They didn't want to. They were afraid to tell the Prophet ﷺ or say to the Prophet ﷺ what happened. Even it mentions the big companions, Abu Bakr and Umar were there. But nobody spoke. Nobody spoke. Nobody wanted to say anything to the Prophet ﷺ. They weren't convinced to say anything to the Prophet ﷺ. But there was a man in the jama'ah he was known as Dhul Yadain. He used to have big hands. And he was known as Dhul Yadain. And he was somebody that used to joke around with the Prophet ﷺ a lot. The Prophet ﷺ used to have a good relationship with him. The man used to joke around with the Prophet ﷺ a lot. He was like a joking kind of person. He used to have light-hearted conversations. And he was easygoing with the Prophet ﷺ. So that man, that man... He got up and he said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Anasita am qasurat salah. He said, O Messenger of Allah, did you forget? Or has the revelation changed? Is the prayer just two raka'at now? Have you shortened it on purpose? Has the revelation changed? Or did you forget? So then the Prophet said, Lam ansa, I didn't forget. Walam tuqsar, or tuqsar. And neither has the prayer been shortened. Because initially, right now, the Prophet didn't know what happened. So he said, I didn't forget. And the prayer hasn't been shortened. So then, the Prophet looked at the other companions. And he said to all of them, Akama yaqulu dhulyadain. Is it right what he's saying? Because he had now basically said, you've only prayed two. He said to the Prophet ﷺ, did you forget or has the prayer been shortened? So now the Prophet ﷺ knew that he was indicating to him that they've only prayed two. So he said to the other companions, is it true what he's saying? Is it true what he's saying? Is that what happened? We didn't finish the full prayer. So then the companions, now when they got asked, they said, yes, O Messenger of Allah, it's true what he's saying. We gave salam early. So then the Prophet ﷺ went back to his place, carried on and prayed the two more raka'at, gave the salam, and then did the prostration afterwards. So that is an example where after two raka'at, the Prophet ﷺ gave the salam. Forgetfulness. None of the companions wanted to say anything. Until that one who used to have the joking relationship with the Prophet ﷺ, he got up and said, Oh Messenger of Allah, what happened? Did you forget? Or has the prayer been shortened? The Prophet ﷺ said, I didn't forget, when the prayer hasn't been shortened. And then he said to the other companions, is it true what he's saying? Did we only pray less than the full amount? So then the companion said, yes. So then he realized 
that he'd forgotten and he gave salam early. So he came back and prayed two more, gave the salam, then did the prostrations afterwards, indicating that in this case it is considered as an addition. You gave the extra salam when you shouldn't have given it. That's one example. Another example. If a person adds a raka'ah, or adds a prostration, imagine you do two prostrations, and then after the second prostration you forget that was your second one, and you do another one, so you end up with three prostrations. You've added something into the prayer. So if you add something into the prayer, that is the example of when you do your prostration after the salam. Uh, there's one thing to mention here. Imagine now you're in your second rak'ah. You go into the sujood of the second rak'ah, and now you need to sit down and do your first tashahud. But after you come out of your second prostration, you forget and you stand up. Can you go back, if you remember, up to a certain point you can, up to which point? More than that. Before you straighten up. So if you start standing up, and then as you're standing up, you remember, wait, tashahud, second rak'ah. As you're standing up, then you can sit down and carry on. But if you manage to go all the way up standing, once you stood up fully, now you are in the next position. You have gone out of the sitting position, and you are now in the next position, which is the standing position. Now you can't go back to the previous position. But if you're on your way up, you're coming up, standing, standing, and you remember, you haven't stood up yet, then you can go back. Go back and carry on, and you can do your prostrations for forgetfulness at the end still. But if you go all the way standing, now too late. Now you have to carry on, and at the end do your prostrations only. So that is with that one. Then, what if you pray for rakat? After the fourth rak'ah, you forget to sit down. You think you're in your third or something. You forget this is the end of the prayer. And you get up and you start praying your fifth. Then as you start praying your fifth, it occurs to you. Wait, what am I doing? This is the fifth, that's it, it finished. What do you do now? Just break and sit down, that's it, don't carry on the fifth rak'ah. To make another extra one on top. Complete that one. The Sheikh says in that case, if you get up and you start praying your fifth one, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, and then you remember, middle of the Fatiha, you remember, what are you doing? Now, you cannot carry on. You have to straight away sit down. If you carry on now, that means you are praying a fifth rak'ah purposely. Can you on purpose pray a fifth rak'ah? No, you remembered now, that's it. And this fifth rak'ah, is it part of the prayer? Nothing. So stop it. You remembered now, you have done something extra, not part of the prayer, fifth rak'ah. So forget it, cut it straight away, sit down, do your tashahud and finish and do your prostrations. Don't carry on now. Don't say, okay, but I started now. doesn't matter because this isn't part of the prayer now anyway. You're on to your fifth rak'ah. So stop instantly if, you th- if you're doing that. If you remember now you're in your fifth one, just stop, sit down, do your tashahud, finish the prayer, do your prostrations. That's what you do in that instance there. There's an example of that too. Hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, the Prophet ﷺ once prayed with them dhuhr prayer and ended up in five rak'at. So, when the Prophet ﷺ gave the salam, five rak'at they ended up praying, and then he gave the salam. They said to him, Ya Rasulullah, ahadatha fi salati shay? They said, Oh Messenger of Allah, has something happened to the rulings of the prayer? Look, every time the companions, they used to ask first, just in case the revelation changed, because the Quran was coming all the time, the revelation was coming all the time. So, first they always used to ask, Oh, Messenger of Allah, has the revelation changed? Is the prayer five rak'at now? So they asked him, has the revelation changed? Has something happened in the prayer? The Prophet ﷺ said, what? What do you mean? 
They said, Salita kada wa kada. They said, you prayed five just now. So he'd forgotten. So when they first said to him, O oh Messenger, has something happened in the prayer? Has the prayer changed? He said to them, what do you mean? They said, you prayed five. Then he said to them, فَثَنَا رِجْلَيْهِ وَاسْتَقْبَلَ الْقِبْلَةِ وَسَجْدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ So then the Prophet ﷺ turned, uh, faced again to the Qibla, made his two prostrations and then gave the salam. Then he turned around to them, He said, if anything was changing in the prayer, I would have told you. I would have let you know in advance. This is the Prophet ﷺ, he said this to them. He prayed five, gave salam. At the end of it, they said to him, what happened in the prayer? He said, what do you mean? They said, you prayed five. So then quickly he turned around and gave the prostrations of forgetfulness when he realized that, when they told him. Then he turned around after the prostrations of forgetfulness and he said to them, nothing happened in the prayer. If anything was going to change, I would have told you. But he said to them, I am human like you. Innama ana basharum mithlukum. I'm human like you. Ansa kama tanson. I forget as you may forget. فَإِذَا نَسِيتُ فَذَكِّرُونِي So if I forget, remind me. That's what the Prophet said in the hadith. Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. He said to them, nothing happened. If anything was going to change in the prayer, I would have told you. But I am just human like you. I forgot. That's all that happened. All that happened was I forgot. I forgot like you forget. So if I forget, remind me. And we know how you remind. You remind by saying, in the prayer, if the imam forgets, Subhanallah. And the women... To make the sound of their hands. So if you add anything, the point is you make your prostrations afterwards. The second point is, if you forget something. You forget something. For example, you're praying dhuhr, and after the first tashahud, you get up and you don't do the first tashahud. Like we said, if you remember before you stand up, just come back and carry on. Carry on doing it, and then do your prostrations. But if you stand up all the way, then you can't. There's a hadith about that too. Abdullah ibn Buhayna. The Prophet ﷺ prayed dhuhr prayer with them once he was leading them in the dhuhr prayer. After the second raka'ah, the Prophet ﷺ forgot the tashahud and stood up. All these examples from the sunnah. Prophet ﷺ forgot to sit down after the second rak'ah and stood up. So all of the people stood up. فَقَامَ النَّاسُ مَعَهُ حَتَّى إِذَا قَضَى الصَّلَاةُ وَانْتَظَرَ النَّاسُ تَسْلِيمَهُ كَبَّرَهُ جَالِسٌ They carried on praying with him. When they got to the fourth rak'ah, they were sitting down doing the tashahud. Everybody was expecting the salam. Instead, what they got was that the Prophet ﷺ did the takbir and did his prostrations. He did those prostrations. So the people prostrated and that was before the salam. That's why the scholars, they say, if you forget something, do your prostrations before the salam because of this example. In this example, the Prophet ﷺ forgot to sit down for the tashahud. He did his prostrations before the salam in that hadith. So that is what you should do with regards to those. The rule is, if you forget something and you move on to the next part, then you can't go back. Saying, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim in the Ruku'ah. Wajib or not? Wajib. So you go into Ruku'ah. And then you remember, wait, I didn't even say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Can you go back? Too late. You've come out and you stood up. So now you're going to have to do prostrations because you forgot to say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. But if you remember before coming up, you're just about to move and you haven't said nothing yet, then you remember. Put your hands back and do it then. So if you go past it, then you can't go back. But if you're still there, you haven't gone to the next part, stay there, go back and do it. So that is regarding the prostrations of forgetfulness. There are more examples, but uh, the chapter carries on yet. We'll carry on with the other examples next time. Uh, some more issues about the forgetfulness. And then after that, when we finish it, one of the last chapters which comes is about the Jama'ah prayer. How to pray in the Jama'ah prayer, the rules about the Jama'ah prayer, how to line up the row, what the Imam should do, the responsibility of the Imam, 
all different things about the Jama'ah prayer. That is the last chapter. So next week we'll finish off the chapter about the forgetfulness prostrations. And then we'll start the final chapter and maybe another two or three lessons we'll finish the book insha'Allah. So we'll conclude there for today.